This week's Snakes on a Plane audition takes us to the skies of Queens, New York. Local businessman, Don Vito Corleone. Michael, we had such high hopes for you. Governor Corleone, Senator Corleone. President Corleone, and look at you now. What have they done with my boy? Flight attendant Corleone, a gay man making $20,000 a year. And you have to deal with these snakes. How do you do it? Get a word to the pilot, okay? Make him an offer he can't refuse. I am fed up with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. Oh, almost in time for Oscar season. I wish I could say that I saw a minute of it, but I did not. Oh. Are you protesting Stop it, Godfather music? <laughs> there we go. No, uh, my goal is to be as clueless on the uh, Oscars as I am on the Grammys. I don't know anybody wow. on the Grammys, and now I know hardly anybody on the Oscars. And every year they have a different cause you know it's deaf people or it's asian women or it's black women or it's you know jews in death camps and uh, you know um when they run out of causes and get back to storytelling like with guys and gals and guns and stuff give me a call all right um also uh, uh apropos of uh, the corleone family i don't know whether i ever told you this story i don't, I don't know how uh many times the two of you or anyone viewing this has ever accidentally almost been killed but um in the kfan days uh we um shared in the promotion of a celebrity like pro-am golf tournament at bear path the jack nicholas course in uh, eden prairie and there was a reception afterwards and uh, the co-sponsor was a company called you may remember this uh, term from the soprano series because tony soprano was asked what he did for a living and he said waste management so waste management was the co-sponsor and the rumor for years even at that time was that waste management was mafia so if i had been called on to come to the dais and, and try to say something funny my plan was given that my uh, uh boss uh, his name was uh, mick anselmo i was going to get up there and say um uh, i stand here tonight in defense of my friend michael anselmo if something horrible should befall him after our gathering tonight, if, if he should be hit by a bolt of lightning, I would blame someone in this room. I would be very angry. That said, on my grandchildren's souls, I will not break the peace we've made here today. I know that if I'd been allowed to do that, I would have been killed immediately after the proceedings. <laughs> this is a Corleone, Corleone uh, full podcast today, isn't it? So far. So far. Uh, a lot of things happened while you were gone. Oh. But before we get to that, Fill what me kind in. of letter grade would you attach to your uh, trip? Well, I'd have to give it probably, probably rest, relaxation, food was all A's. But, you know, there's always that side thing that are just kind of odd and strange. So I'll give it a B plus. Did you go through Charlotte both ways? 
No, uh, went through uh, Chicago on the way. So Chicago right to Punta Cana. And then uh, on the way home, went to Charlotte, Dallas, and then home. Whew, that was a toughie. Doesn't Punta Cana sound vaguely obscene? A little, yeah, I have Spanish trouble saying it. If you, if you hold on that first syllable for too long. Yeah. yeah. Punta Cana. It sounds vaguely obscene, like but, some sort of uh, Spanish Punta. pervert having a tantrum. Punta is a Spanish swear word, so you got to be careful. It's punta. Punta is the correct terminology. Whenever I hear about the Charlotte airport, it takes me back to an anecdote told by my former wife, who was a reporter at the time chasing some story in Charlotte. She found herself in the Charlotte airport in the days before 9-11, when oh. anybody and his brother could show up at a gate for whatever reason. Okay. And so uh, she's at the gate at Charlotte airport in the 80s. And she sees a, a tiny baby, practically a newborn, being fed a bottle of dark liquid. And because she was a porter, reporter, she was curious. And so she asked the um, the young uh, child bride or not, mother of the child, obviously, feeding the baby the dark liquid, what is that dark liquid you're feeding your baby? And the woman turned to her and said, Pope. Toe. Of course. The baby was being fed Coca-Cola. From a bottle. One of the things that happened while you were gone was that uh, the St. Paul Saints, my former employer, uh, I was a public address announcer for them in 1994. It has finally changed hands after 30 years. And it brings to mind another story, one of the most cringy moments of my life. Um, it's one of those Southwest Airlines commercials, uh, want to get away type deals. Remember that tagline where yes. somebody does something cringy like, like a goaltender kicks a ball into his own net and the guy says want to get away correct so help me god it's a true story i'm in the public address booth at a saints game on a sunday afternoon i i had two chances of getting it right the saints had two black guys one of the black guys hits a home run and as he's about to round second base i shout and there it is ladies and gentlemen a home run by and i named the wrong black guy <laughs> <laughs> want to get away gotta get away <laughs> well at least and, you didn't say there's the black guy <laughs> and he uh he just like looked up at me over his shoulder as he went around the bases gave you the finger. And i cleared it up by the time he touched home plate oh yeah so when we One thought he was going the like this praising the lord saying yes he was actually doing this to you yeah right, right. that could have been i would have deserved it <laughs> but anyway, the um, Mike Vec and Bill Murray own St. Paul Saints are uh, the the ownership is changing hands. I've been watching some uh, a basketball today, the college basketball tournament. Do you fill and, out a bracket? Uh, no, I did not. I just okay. you know I'll just root for UCLA all the way through. But I couldn't help. Uh, I was really listening to the Princeton game, thinking that uh, one of the announcers would say, "Yeah, Princeton is so white." <laughs> What's going on? Hashtag Princeton so white. Do they still? But of course, the no is, one did. Is the back trying to create their, their big play? Trying to create controversy wherever I go. Mm -hmm. Now our office, the office put out a pool. I was kind of pleasantly surprised, so we filled it out. It was, let's see how it goes. Twenty dollars to enter. Always gambling. This, this coming Sunday is the twentieth anniversary of the shock and awe bombing of um, Baghdad, where Baghdad just sat there. And the United States bombed the crap out of it. Just, you know, just 
it was not even sporting. It was merciless. And the night it happened, the tournament was going on. And Tim French and I were at the Harmar uh, Mall uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. And again, I I'm a fairly creative person, but I'm not creative enough to make this up. A, a, a waitress was going from table to table asking, war or basketball? In other words, what do you want to see on the screen? War or basketball? Basketball or war? We have war and we have basketball. <laughs> we only have so many screens. We can do all war. We can do all basketball. It's up to you, really. The, uh, you know, some of the games are blowouts are about as interesting as seeing Baghdad bop yeah. indiscriminately. But 20 years, man, that happened it's... during the tournament. <laughs> and Tim French was alive, and I was there with him to, to watch it. So we had the best of both worlds. We had a screen with the war. We had a screen with the basketball. You should just go. I love it. That's how they should do every sports bar is have the have the war, wars on one one set of TV screens and all your basketball on the other. I don't understand why we can't put together a tournament composed of all teams with only single digit losses. So many of these teams have 10 or more losses. And it reminds right. me of these football teams, college football teams that have that are like six and six and get to go to bowls. Oh, yeah. And, you know. The chances of a of a uh, of an upset are uh, very small, right? When when the when the talent is this lopsided, there's a lot of Big Ten teams that are at 17, 11, 18, 12. Yeah, you're right. Um, but then you got like what Furman was thirty seven, and or is that we're thirty seven and three? So does that weigh differently because yeah. they're playing different opponents? Yeah, I don't know. Well, also they were in you know tiny conferences too. They hardly played anybody a lot of these teams haven't played anyone like in the top 100 so how do you how do you uh rate that as an odds maker you know it's got to be a mystery exactly I, you know it, it occurs to me that i did see one scene or part of a scene from the oscars uh apparently jimmy kimmel went over to a table where of all people i, I really couldn't believe i was seeing this woman at the oscars this this paragon of global moral virtue, Malala was there. Yeah, third row. So I'm watching this, and Trey's trying to make nice with Malala, and I'm thinking, did Gandhi ever go to the Oscars? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been something if whoever the host was back then, Johnny Carson or Funny. Bob Hope before yeah, him, yeah. goes over to Gandhi's table. Hey, Gandhi, how's it going? I noticed you're not eating much. What's happening? What about Mother Teresa? Did she attend the Oscars? Now, now you're going back probably to the 40s and 50s <laughs> i don't know that she would have made the trip from calcutta i'm the silly one <laughs> and yeah you're supposed to be the straight man yes but but you know what so many of the uh so-called tune-up uh, uh vote sag awards and all these other you know run-up ramp-up award shows leading up to the oscars you could see the pattern. You could see what was going to happen. And so, yeah. oh yeah, you know, why watch it? What was the one? What's Do they still have the uh, one year John, uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll hosted it? Do you remember that? It was a very, it's a very, uh, it's, it's, gosh. Oh, IFC Spirit Awards. Exactly. That still exists. They even won there. That's the one that they hold in the, okay. in the uh, tent uh, on the beach in Santa Monica. 
and everything everywhere all at once won there also so yeah it's just there was just no drama really no pun intended well it's just like, I feel like was that was who hosted do you have any idea do you know did you see that one oh I mean, boy i don't um the, the they were pretty very funny they were pretty caustic with their humor they they uh it, it was like for the first time ever the IFC Spirit Awards didn't even make it on the IFC channel. Oh, brother. You couldn't even find it. No, and so they crazy. said, oh, we're really doing, we must be doing obscure films this year if we can't even get on our own channel. So, <laughs> so now on to Cannes and let's win there. There you go. Next week, what I have planned, by the way, is um, the first ever uh, Bob and Kel Clevercast multiphasic exam. I don't know that you've ever been to Mayo Clinic uh, preparing to be treated for anything, but they give you this exam to determine you. I don't know whether it's to determine uh, IQ or or something, you know, like genetic or hereditary or whatever. Okay. But it's, you know, it's stuff for which there are no right answers, uh, but somehow they can still discern something about you that that may come in handy for them information wise as they treat you for whatever, whatever you're there for. And it's questions like, uh, when you go up steps, do you go up one step or two steps at a time? Uh, is your uh, home TV volume set on a number that is per personally significant to you? <laughs> um, in the absence of toilet paper, have you ever wiped your ass with a paper towel? You know, that kind of thing. That's what they give the NFL draft picks, don't they? I've, I've got my digression for that week already prepared. That, that I actually prefer a paper towel oh, good. for reasons oh. that I won't go into. I don't use either, so. You don't use either? That's me being silly again, sorry. Oh, my God, man, you scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I've personally discovered the bidet lifestyle. Oh, have, have you ever, Bob? Have you ever done the bidet? <laughs> we have one upstairs. And I've never used it. I'm concerned that I, talk about shock and awe. I'm concerned <laughs> that I would. Uh, Enjoy it too much? be blasted off into outer space uh, first one i ever saw was uh spring of 77 uh, a hotel in the south of uh, france uh, a tennis tournament there i'd never seen one before i'd led such a sheltered life man you wouldn't believe it and so i'm going what is this about and so i it's sitting right next to a toilet so i'm thinking well that's a toilet i know that what is this and i turn the crank and this geezer goes straight up this geezer of water. Go, what the hell is this about? No, you're the geezer. It's a geyser. Is this to, is this to wake me up in the morning? Am I supposed to hold my face over this? What's going on? I saw my first one in Argentina, so that's that's I was late in life too. But did you know? Did you know what it was when you saw it? I washed up and went back in. Here's how sheltered a life I uh, led. Uh, I was in my twenties off-camera announcer at an NBC affiliate TV station. And uh, it was Christmas time. And um, a rare uh, example of uh, so-called wokeness uh, for the late 60s, early 70s in Fort Worth, Texas, it, it says, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah from, from all of us at Channel 5. I had never seen the word Hanukkah. So to an entire Metroplex of viewers, Here's another Southwest Airlines moment. Yes, I said, 
Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah from all of us at Channel 5. Hanukkah? And about five minutes later, a guy ducks his head into the announce booth and goes, uh, I think it's Hanukkah. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. Now you tell me. Seriously, I can't make this up. Happy wow. Hanukkah. I always thought you were the first woke guy. I mean, if there was there was wokeness, I thought you were that guy, the first one. I am as uh, courteous and as sensitive. Yes. You know, I've, I've a got gentle, a caring lover. My youngest uh, daughter is is transitioning to something. I don't know what it is, and I don't know. I've I've already uh, told him her that I'm not changing my pronouns for anybody. You know, it's a, a perfectly presentable language, thousands of years old. I owe I owe everything that I am and have to that. And so, you know, if she wants to send me a dick pic, I will refer to her as uh, he and him. Otherwise, she's still she and her. But she can refer to me as it, that, or those. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me. I just want everybody to be happy with right. whatever, you know, gender they settle on. Love one another. That's right. There you go. So simple. Golden yeah. rule. Yes. Golden challenge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, something else that happened here uh, at uh, the homestead while you were gone, I started getting texts from something that I thought was just a made-up deal for Seinfeld. Did you know that there is actually a Jay Peterman store? Yeah, um, I don't know. You remember, I mean, the, I guess... you remember the character Jay Peterman on Seinfeld played by John Hurley? I always thought it was a real thing. It isn't? No, it is a real thing. I've okay. been getting texts from them. They want to sell me some clothes. <laughs> They want to sell me some clothes through the mail. Oh, well, you no. know my policy about sending stuff through the mail, including, you know, leavings by a Kolagard. It's just not going to happen. And the same thing with clothes. But there is an actual J. Peterman company. I don't know that there is a guy J. Peterman. But when I saw this, I'm going, oh, my God. I started into my J. Peterman impersonation. Elaine, the English patient, is the sweeping saga of romance south to thy mother's seat. If you don't like it, you're fired. <laughs> you remember that episode? I do. I remember all of them. So that was. Yeah. Um, do you buy a Jay lot Peterman, of stuff? I think. How did they get your name and all that information? Do you buy a lot? Buy a lot of stuff. I'll tell online? you. I'll tell you exactly where they get it from. Other from other companies uh, like Lands End or uh, J Crew or you know any of these people, any of these companies that um, send clothes through the mail. Okay. They all swap the information. You know, it's it's a total invasion of privacy. Is nothing sacred. So uh, you're going to be uh, shocked to uh, find out that I had some free time uh, in the uh, the days that you were gone. So I put together a top ten list among the general population. A top ten list of uh, excellent porn names. Okay. For uh, for, for adult <laughs> film actors and actresses. From the general celebrity population. Can I just throw one out? Because this is an old one that you used years ago. Bobby Blue Gland. That was one of my favorites. See, that's a fictitious adult film star. Oh, okay. Bobby Blue Gland and Sir Pancelot are examples of, uh, you know, uh, adult film stars that don't exist. Oh, okay. These Lot, are while the human sundial does not exist. <laughs> but these people actually exist. And with their names... They could make a smooth transition, given, you know, assuming that they had the equipment. Kind of to, the anti-Brad uh, Newman. Boy, I don't know. That, I, I, I find it hard to uh, utter his name uh, in, in this context because he's such a pro. 
And we have no guarantee that these people would, you know, conduct themselves as professional adult film actors and actresses. Uh, they are as follows. Janet Yellen, you familiar with the uh, the, the financial lady, the federal board oh, yeah. or yeah. whatever? Janet Yellen. Did you know that? I'm sorry? Department of Treasury. Had... Thank you. I... Uh, the professional golfer, uh, Paula Creamer. <laughs> uh, the Washington Post uh, uh, writer, Dan Balls, B-A-L-Z. <laughs> uh, the comedian, Andy Dick. Uh, Broadway uh, actor, Harry Groner. Uh, the late actor comedian Wally Cox, the way late, uh, I think Russian, I could be wrong about that, East European novelist Honore de Balzac, uh, the uh, golfing announcer uh, Frank Licklider, the uh, chief executive officer, former CEO of National Enquirer, David Becker, and the relief pitcher Raleigh Fingers. Uh -huh. Those are my uh, top 10. Uh, porn names among the general population. Can I add one? Who did they recently rename the Las Vegas airport for? They named it for Harry Reid. Harry Reid, that's decent. You know, assuming his member is really skinny. <laughs> Harry Reid, very good. I learned, from, I learned from the best. I can, you, I can you're play. You're killing me. When I say Honore de Balzac, it reminds me of the days on the tennis tour uh, when... Boy, we're going back to late 70s here. Friends of mine and I would get on the house phones in those days before tech and whatever. They had a receptionist. You could do this. I would get on a house phone. I would secret myself away from the away from the madding crowd. One time I had a perch that allowed me to see, allowed me to do this prank and see Telly Savalas play blackjack next to one of Elliot Ness's untouchables. I'll never forget that. But I would... I would pick up the house phone. It would ring. The lady would answer, and I would go, "Yes, could you page Honoré de Balzac, please, to white courtesy phone?" Or I would do like Marcel Proust. Yes, Marcel Proust. Please. And sure enough, you know, you just wait like seven seconds. Marcel Proust. Marcel Proust, please. And I, I'm thinking, there's got to be a college English professor here who's laughing his balls off. <laughs> you not, you're not, you're past the Prince Albert in the can thing. You need to use some. Real Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway, please. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it, it was a lot of laughs. Silly. I, I don't hear about anybody doing stuff like that anymore. Not anymore. It's like a lost art. <laughs> I have a fake commercial to get out of the way. Oh, please, please go. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sponsors this portion of uh, the Bob and Kel Clevercast. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Has served the needs of Vienna classical music customers since the year 1750. We handle symphonies, concertos, sonatas, chamber music, quartets, and solo work in all formats from the Baroque period, from A to Z, Albanoni to Zubin Mehta. 100% satisfaction guaranteed, or your money bach. Your money bach, get it? <laughs> we are also your handle headquarters for Central Austria. <sighs> Regardless of your religion, whether you worship Handel's Messiah, or play for the Goldberg Variations team, if you get my drift. There's something for everyone. And if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. And don't forget to ask us about our period instruments. If you buy today, and that's any CD, LP, MP3, cassette, open reel, or yes, eight-track tape, we have those two, you receive 10% off at our food truck parked in front of Sausages Stadium. 
for the Vienna Sausages day-night doubleheader against Zurich this weekend. <laughs> the German chocolate cake is melt in your mouth, and the schnitzel that's delivered fresh every morning next door in Nazi Germany is to die for. Nazi Germany, to die for. Get it? <laughs> Take the A23 to the Lieber Street exit in downtown Vienna, and you're there. If it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. Tell them Vivaldi sent you. <laughs> I've done a little preparation. I don't know whether you can tell. I can tell. You've got a lot to say today. That's great. I love it. I think uh, uh, preparation can really make the um, podcast experience more vivid. I don't know whether you saw it. If you didn't, I'll refer you to it. It was published, I think, a couple of days ago in the New York Times that women, when they're introduced to you, these are single women introduced to single men. When they're introduced uh, to them as, as podcasters, they go, "Oh, uh, nice, to, nice knowing you." They don't want to. They don't have anything to do with podcasters. One woman told an anecdote about uh, almost falling for a guy until he told her he was a podcast, and she listened to his podcast, and it was probably material just like this, of course, foreign names and you know, all kinds of ribald imagery, and it just sent her running for the hills. Yeah, Podcasters she, can't get arrested romantically these days. She she thinks this man can't keep a job. He has he has no uh no scruples. I don't yeah. know. I get Just it. Just get the girlfriend or the wife first and then confide in them that you're a podcast. I think that's safe. Oh, we so should... that's what so that's what you've been doing every Thursday afternoon for 45 minutes for the last eleven years. It used you to be asshole. bowling. Used to go bowling on a Thursday night with the boys. Now it's podcasting. You know what? That is the exact analogy that I drew last night in our in the argument I had here with my uh, beloved about podcasting. This is the new bowling night, or uh, you know whatever men snuck away to do: play golf, uh, bet on uh, cockfighting. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> Wait, you had an argument in the boudoir last night? What's what's happening? No, is... I'm just I'm just making that up, Cal. Oh, none of this oh, is not none, of it's real. None, I, none I, of this I, is... I can't tell fact from fiction some days. I'm I've still almost, I've known you almost 20 years now, and I most of that was spent in a professional capacity. I, I can't believe you haven't caught on yet. <laughs> none of it is real. Oh, that's a Beatles um, line. There was a, a there was a, a Jeopardy uh, episode several days ago, um, and it had the, the answer had something to do with Ho Chi Minh's tomb. He is being kept uh, intact, so to speak, in the same way that uh, Lenin, L E N I N, Lenin, is being uh, kept intact in China. And I don't know whether I ever told you this or not, but at KSTP in the early 90s as a prank, uh, paying zero mind to the time difference between the two places, where we were calling from, where we were calling Moscow, we called Lenin's tomb oh. and got no answer. <laughs> <laughs> no one answered at Lenin's tomb. Oh. I, I don't know whether we were calling the front desk. I don't know how we got the number actually whether we were calling the front desk or the gift shop or, or what it was, but, um, well, but nobody answered. If someone had answered, would you have said, is Ernest Hemingway there? Ho Chi Minh, please. Ho Chi, would you, Ho Chi Minh, white courtesy phone for a message. Mr. Minh. 
just wonder if uh, if a person can still do that. I'm going to be in a hotel uh, this coming weekend to see a play or actually a musical in another city, spending uh, that night in a hotel. I want. Uh, I oh no, I take it back. This was a casino. See, that's where the the prank happened was in the casino part of the hotel. Okay. But the hotel operator handled all the pages and whatnot. And, you know, she's totally clueless. She'd never heard of any of these people. What if she had actually said, don't give me that shit. I'm Ray Balzac. I read his book last week. He's not here. He's never going to come into Vegas. He plays Russian games in Russia, if he were alive. Also, uh, I guess you saw that um, this cartel in Mexico that yeah. killed these people coming in from the United States. Believe you me, I've thought about it a lot over the last week. <laughs> Have you ever been to Mexico? No, but anything south of the border, I think there could be uh, somebody somebody out to get you. I, I don't think there's a, a safe place in the whole country. But these people, as it turns out, did you hear why they were... Why they crossed the border, why they risked their lives. Why? And two of them lost their lives. Some sort of cosmetic surgery for 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 cheap, less than it would cost in the United States. You know, mm -hmm. the old people go over the northern border with Canada to get the drugs, the prescription drugs cheaper. Correct. And and then the southern border is used for the cosmetic procedures, apparently, the cheaper cosmetic procedures. Two of them died, and then when the cartel realized what they'd done, guess what they did? I, I think I know, but tell me. Tell me. No, it's did a quiz. They, tell they, me. They, they apologized, right? They apologized. And I had a dream that night that I was at a Hallmark store. And, you know, the thing with the circle of cards was going around. Yeah. yeah. Grandfather, grandfather's 80th, grandson baby's, graduation. Baby's there's baptism. a tab that said cartel apology. Cartel apologies. You don't say. A, a tab on the green. <laughs> I thought it was funny at the time. It was actually more of a like a New Yorker cartoon. Yeah. We're not supposed to bust a gut laughing. Or a far side, a far side one panel. I feel like that would make the most sense. What do you think? Of, what do you think of that guy? What do you think of Gary Larson's former competitor? Oh, uh, uh, Scott Adams with the uh, Dilbert uh, controversy. What do you think of that? No, they're speaking their mind these days. You can say what you want to say and face the wrath. And that's what he did. He has no no customers, as far as I know. Hmm. Um, here is something that I saw on TV recently I wanted to bring up with you. I could have done a major production about this. Uh, I could have done my uh, Sigmund Freud impersonation mm -hmm. and done a fake spot for this particular product. Right. But I see, I see the new version of the product, which we've all heard of. We've all had these in our freezer. They're great for snacks at parties and whatnot. Have you seen the new TV commercial for a product called Hot Pockets? I haven't seen it lately. I probably saw it in the 90s, but I haven't seen one lately. Kurt, have you seen the new Hot Pockets commercial? Not the new one, no. <laughs> okay. So I'm watching this and I'm going, there's an image there that I recognize from roughly 50 years as a practicing heterosexual. I think I'll go online and, and see if I can capture that that image and stand it up, you know, for, for proper positioning for display on the podcast and see if anyone will recognize this. Oh. So 
again, Sigmund Freud for Hot Pockets. A bit of a picture. Tell me, tell me what this looks like. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> That's the new Hot Pocket. I think Sigmund Freud would suggest that yeah, they would... put a little pimento or a, a shaved jalapeno a circle at the top. How would Siggy have said it? I think they call that subliminal advertising. <laughs> this is Sigmund Freud for hot pockets. Tell me, is this pocket hot or what? <laughs> I always thought it sound that whole name sounded a little disturbing. Hot pocket sounds like a medical problem or something. Yes, I'm sorry. It's a pocket, and boy, is he hot! <laughs> you can enjoy it with your fingers. You can put your face in it. Oh. You can bring up the portnoy. Oh, ones are in there. Yeah, that's just. You wonder I'm why sorry. women don't like podcasters. <laughs> <Here's>... <laughs> well, you know, uh, what if it were uh, some sort of ice cream that was shaped, uh, you know, uh, some sort of phallus like shape? I would have had to uh, take a picture of that also. Right. I mean, we live with this hot, is... hot dogs are out there at a ballpark. You have a hot dog, it looks like a penis. This is uh, Man Bites Dog News, I'm sorry. So what I did was I captured the image from uh, the uh, online version of the commercial. I froze on the Hot Pocket itself. Have I shown you the image yet? Yes. And then I took a picture of it and I looked at it and I'm going, I thought I'd seen my last vagina given my age. Yeah. But apparently this is the last vagina I'm to ever see. How long are you going to keep it on your phone before you delete it? Or is it there for eternity? You know, that is going to uh, probably come up during the estate process. <laughs> can we, can we, can we get his phone just for memento's sake, you know, just for sentimental, sentimental reasons. And yes. I can see my girlfriend go, Oh no, I, I couldn't <laughs> possibly show you his phone. That, that would just ruin every uh, good thing you ever thought about. it. Yeah. Amazing. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. Hey, so Kurt, what did you play last week for best of? Did you play a little old Bob and Kel? Is that what I heard? Yeah, I did. It was from your podcast from 2006. Did you tune in at all, Bob? I didn't. I should probably go back and listen to it. Uh, I don't know whether I've ever told you this, but I have about as much interest in, <laughs> first of all, the sound of my voice. Me too. Played back to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and and in my horrible attempts at humor played back to me, <laughs> and especially if in this case it was seventeen years old, that's not going to happen. So the <laughs> the short answer is no. I did not check out the two thousand six podcast, and yet I'm told by a number of people that it was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I don't doubt it. it it's still I still think of some old bits, and it just makes me laugh. You singing sukiyaki for some reason always makes me laugh when I'm in a store. Well, and also the if you'll remember, we were taping those. At a, uh, a venue in Little Canada, Minnesota, mm -hmm. and I would begin every podcast by singing uh, the anthem "Oh Little Canada." <laughs> I do remember that. And then sometimes I would have Garrison Keeler uh, just narrate it. <laughs> oh Little Canada, a home and native land. Long may you wave, or you know, whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the days. Do you know of an earlier podcast than that? I don't. No, I think Most we of your podcasters now who are former radio personalities. I just go, man, why? Why do you want to mess with this? Right. Well, well you, you've got a chance to 
really uh, line up some leisure activities each day. Why, why do you why do you have to continue to hear your voice in a professional or extroverted type capacity? I don't get it. That's true. So <laughs> it's therapy, my friend. You said it yourself. Um, and apropos of uh, all things professional and monetary. And uh, uh, my partner in the, the discussions that we get into, I received a few checks lately that were piling up that I needed to deposit. Um, uh, I think one had it was an insurance company. Another one was like an oil and gas royalty or something like this. Mm. My parents continue to provide for us from the grave. That's great. Anyway, so, so here's the deal. Um, it was raining cats and dogs. Because, you know, the weather here sucked. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't get out. I, I don't trust the other uh, drivers not to smash into me. So I told her, I said, I'm going to deposit these on Monday. If I don't make it, will you deposit them for me? <laughs> I just think that's the kind of thing that a person of my age range should um, be mindful of. Is if if I don't last these three days... Here's where these checks are, and you can deposit them and so, enjoy the money if I'm not here. So when Friday rolls around, if I don't make it through the weekend, carry on without me. Help me make it through the night, Chris Christopherson. <laughs> I was thinking earlier this year, uh, I might want to give myself uh, as a post-Christmas gift a guitar. Oh. And I could start writing songs, but all the songs that I would write were just like... Um, weird owl type spoof songs oh, one was uh, instead of make me through the night it was uh, help me stay awake till nine <laughs> and uh because that that seems to be the goal now is to help me if you can help me stay awake till nine you know i'm good for uh, humor uh, for some lousy attempts at humor most of the day i remember when you wrote the the popular uh parody uh to for the queen the queen when you said when she was just 89 and she was really feeling it was it was tremendous i love that i did that you did that yes boy i don't remember favorite. this <laughs> this is like ralph edwards this is your life for a really old person i was on the floor laughing uh, imagine you remember the song about the queen, <laughs> to, uh, the, queen. to the tune of the to the tune of uh, the beatles song uh, when she was just 17 i saw the movie the queen with helen mirren at the fairview oh, no i'm sorry the grand view um, a theater in St. Paul. I was one of about seven people in the audience and uh, about 30 seconds before the curtains parted, a family of four walked into the theater with a bag of groceries and basically said, there he is. Let's go sit next to him. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what they did. Do they still have curtains at movie theaters? They did it. This one, this was whenever the queen came out. I, I don't know. Years there have been so many queens. There, there have been uh, more queens on. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> now I had a Castro theater joke, and I thought, no, I, we have we have uh, viewers and listeners in the greater San Francisco area, so yeah, that's not. I don't want to. I don't want to alienate them. I'll tell you, you brought up Helen Mirren. They they play hardball. I don't know if you've noticed, short people and gay people they play hardball. Oh yeah, and they have a hard on for you. They'll just cut your freaking head off. They, they don't mess around. Yeah, be careful. 
So we need to stay on their good side. Steps. Will you make a note of this to yourself on on like a a post-it note and put put it right here. Where's my pen? Okay. Be nice to gay people and short people. Short. I don't know how. I really don't know how Randy Newman survived the popularity of the song "Short People." Man, they just are short people the same as little people. Is that what you're? That's that. No, I don't mean dwarfs. I don't mean uh, like. (laughs) vertically challenged people i mean just regular sized people who are short shorter than you oh let me put it that way okay shorter than you that would be short you gotta admit that yeah i'm a short guy no no you're not short but anyone shorter than you would really be short (laughs) don't make me get short with you oh but i digress um oh let me tell you about my microwave complaint (laughs) that i um i don't know whether you ever saw the the word uh, is not to be confused with Portnoy's complaint, but um, you ever <laughs> see a movie with Ben Stiller called Greenberg, yeah. where his character was so eccentric that the least little thing that would set him off, he'd sit down and hand write a complaint to the company, like Starbucks or something, sure. and send it to them like it was really going to accomplish something, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I put a half cup of coffee in the microwave, and for some reason, their three minute button is right next to their 30 second button. Well, you can guess which one I hit, and you can guess what it sounded like when the cup of coffee exploded. So I went immediately to my laptop, and I found the customer service email for um, for GE for General Electric, and I said, "You sons of bitches! You put your thirty, you put your three minute button next to the thirty second button. My coffee has exploded, and I put this in boldface caps, and it's all your fault." <laughs> and lo and behold, like two days later. They responded and they were very contrite and they were almost, they were so contrite. The the font was really small. It was like, they were really meek, you know. We're sorry, we didn't realize we did that. And you find it in your heart to forgive us. And so um, I, you know, sobered up a few days later and wrote them back. <laughs> and I said, oh, you know, I, I was just funning you. I was just doing, I have a podcast, see, and I need material. <laughs> so thanks for helping me with that. And they, they look down on you from there. Well, then you're a podcaster. What? You've never had a, a micro a problem with a microwave of any kind. No, no. I try to be very careful. Don't put aluminum foil in the microwave. I know that for a fact. Um, you know, I mean, I suppose something something overflows once in a while, but let it flow, baby. Come on now. It's are just... you are you ever concerned that come judgment day, Whoever checks you in there at the gate will say, I guess, you know, you spent 11 years in front of the microwave <laughs> waiting for it to stop. <laughs> this is why I look away now uh, when I find myself in front of a mirror urinating. I look <laughs> away because I don't want to be called to account at the pearly gates for the um, the, the number of years I spent looking at my penis. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, you spent 11 years looking at your penis while you were urinating. I can't, I can't get over that. Uh, oh. I'm going to have to. Uh, Why do you have to look at it to urinate, Bob? <laughs> what is it? What else is there to look at that's in any way interesting? You're in a restroom. You don't, you don't find the the uh, concept of a liquid spilling from an area of your body to be in any way interesting. I feel like you've seen it once. You've seen it all. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you this. This is like the story of stories. The story. I met a woman. This was last year. I was in the Twin Cities. I met a woman. Uh, I I knew her, but I had not uh, had an in-depth conversation with her about stuff about our personal backstories and whatnot. 
I remember exactly where we were uh, when I heard this. We were headed out of the Dunn Brothers Coffee at Snelling and Grand. I was visiting the Twin Cities, okay? And she told me that because her mother had taken thalidomide in the late 50s, early 60s, that she was born with two vaginas. But it was the condition was corrected at birth. And I'm thinking, boy, you can't, you couldn't depend on me. You couldn't depend on me to get that corrected. I would probably take the doctor aside and say, Doc, the, the missus and I have discussed this, but we want our daughter to be popular. <laughs> so what do you say we just give this some time? Let's see how it shakes out. <laughs> but what, a, you know, 20, 25 years into the future, the poor man who marries her, well, you know, yeah, they're yeah. keeping each other. I mean, how, what are the Romeo and Juliet where she meets the man of her dreams and yep. and he has two. Oh, uh, opens herself to him on the bed for the first time because they're keeping each other chased till the wedding night. And all of a sudden it becomes an eeny, meeny, miny, mo situation. <laughs> That'd be door a good one or door number two. Oh my God. I can't write this stuff. This This stuff keeps happening to me. People tell me anything. I think it may be because of the white hair. They tell me anything and expect me to believe it. I was at a, uh, let's see, uh, Patrick's Roadhouse on Pacific Coast Highway. I ordered wheat toast with my breakfast. The woman brings me pumpernickel, I swear to God. And I said, I thought I ordered wheat. So here's what she says. Oh, that's wheat and walks away. And I'm just, my, my jaw is down here. It's not wheat, it's pumpernickel. You just told me it was wheat. You expect me to believe that it's wheat? It's black. Wheat isn't black. This maybe is pumpernickel. She, well, maybe she was burnt. Maybe it was wheat, but she burnt it. <laughs> when I was in the hospital last June, a nurse tried to tell me that Flomax, Tamsulosin, I know all the prescription drugs by their... You Generic do. I'm, I'm fascinated how well you know those words. I hear them on the on television, and I instantly forget them. You store them in your memory bank. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm taking one every two hours or something, <laughs> you know. Plus, uh, uh, plus uh, vitamins. But she tried. This nurse tried to tell me, "Oh no, Flomax is to make you urinate." And I said, "Well, my doctor says it's to keep me from urinating in the night, so I don't have to get up so often." Oh no, it's it's to make you urinate. And I'm just going, people will tell me anything. Why is that? Is it because my hair is white? I guess. That's just I insane. can't I can't get that kind of attention in a in a tech store like a Best Buy or a T Mobile store. You walk in with white hair and they just scatter like cats under flashlights, you know? Hmm. You you can't get help. I really think that white hair is the new black skin. I really think that we're <laughs> being uh that we're being discriminated against here being in some way. persecuted. Exactly. Do, do I sound like I have a persecution complex? A little bit, a little bit. But I'm the woke dude. I, I forgive everyone everything, but I, this is where I draw the line. Fascinating. I did see your, I saw another of your doppelgangers last week. You're kidding me. No, oh, but this was a different one. He was much taller than you. So imagine... Imagine it sounds like they're maybe 
we may need to have a reunion or something. I know he was a he was a professional wrestler looking guy. Imagine yourself, but bulked up, maybe a good foot taller with a red mohawk. <laughs> but he had he had the white beard. He had the glasses, and you know, and the kind of the the longer the white hair. It was just it was fascinating. It was like if you bulked up on some sort of steroid. Did you see that uh, Ventura showed up at some sort of state of Minnesota government hearing the other day? Oh, no. Had something to do with cannabis. Anyway, he's got about four hairs left in his head, and they're all about four feet long. <laughs> and it just, it's just a horrible look. Just horrible. He's a nut. I keep thinking that if there's a, a doorbell rings, he'll do like Jed Clampett. He'll... The Jed Clampett of White Bear Lake, if in fact he's still living there, or Delwood or wherever. Crazy. Uh, Kurt's, Kurt's beginning to fidget. Are we done for the day for the week, Kurt? <laughs> uh, we could be. <laughs> trying to figure. He got the hook. It's called the hook. Okay. The if hook. you don't mind, if you don't mind, and assuming you agree with me, I would like for the tagline for this episode to be, "Hi, it's Sigmund Freud for hot pockets." <laughs> write that down I think, that's, it. I think that's a lot less frightening than uh all last year i think the most terrifying five words in all of television were hey folks joe namath here because he was always you know trying to sell you some sort of medicare thing or something can you sing us off with a little sukiyaki who yeah, I had a cold. Now he not cobble and I yo honey. Cobble he tassa. Now I know he. Oh, what I wouldn't give for a bowl of sukiyaki. Dan, 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 Dan. I love that. Q Sakamoto, sukiyaki fever, catch it. And we'll uh, talk to you next week. Good day. This is a fake AI lady with an important announcement. Originating from rural Twin Cities and Big City Los Angeles, gracing your podcast platform since 2023. The Bob and Kel Clever Cast starring Kurt is a podcast with pictures and the picture of consistency. Each week, our hosts discuss Bob Yates's latest obsessions, such as cultural trends that Bob finds abhorrent government positions that Bob opposes, sexual positions that Bob has copyrighted, books, movies and TV programs that Bob recommends, overrated celebrities who have made Bob physically ill. No, it's not all about Bob. Kel Gradke is the intelligent foil for Bob's runaway rantings and ravings, especially the ravings. Executive producer Kurt handles the tech and runs the show with an iron hand. The one he used to great effect in winning a UFC heavyweight championship. Last but not least, consumers of the Jewish persuasion can rest assured that each edition in the series is hella kosher. Blessed behind the scenes by a rabbi to be named later. So what the fuck are you waiting for? Get strapped in, buckled up and logged on for the next clever cast. Tell, M. Bob, Kel and Kurt sent ya. Please look for Bob and Kel Clevercast on Patreon and make a donation to help keep the lights on around here. Thanks for your patronage.